Hello, and welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast. I'm your host, Brian. With me this evening, Kimberly. Hey, everybody. I'm back from Florida and back in Colorado. Yay! And Ian. Hey, good evening, everybody. And, of course, the not-so-elusive Mac. I'm not elusive at all. No. Just <laughs> just hard to actually reach. <laughs> How is everybody doing this evening? Doing pretty good, actually. We don't really know, but the people who are here on this call are probably doing okay. Oh, okay. We don't know how everybody is doing. Was my statement ambiguous or too broad? It wasn't uh, specific enough. It wasn't specific enough. How are you fine people that are on this Skype call with me this evening doing? I'm doing great. Very good. Fine people might be pushing it. Oh, man. (laughs) Who's the cynic tonight? Well, I'm just saying if we're all going to be registered. (laughs) <laughs> Very good. All right. So, uh, well, more about that later. Yeah. Well, I guess we're going to, Ian's going to tell us about all the um, personal stuff that he's doing and involved in, yep. and he's going to, you know, so, so tell now, us about your little movie. Okay. Well, um, I was part of a team for a contest called the Mock Sides Summer Film Challenge, 72 hour film challenge, where we have 72 hours to write, direct, act out all the fun stuff making film from six to eight minutes long. Well, this time was really cool because my son Quinn um, actually starred in the film. Um, the film's name is Birthright. We came in second place, and we won the audience award. So the audience Congratulations. Award. Okay, That's awesome. Yeah. Time. Congratulations. Yeah, I, 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 I'm being flippant cool. about his little film, but it was actually, uh, it was, it was actually pretty good. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Yeah, Quinn kind of stumbled a little bit over his lines in the first part, but yeah. man, the creepy grin in the end was very good. <laughs> it was very good. And this was his first time in front of a camera. A lot of people were very impressed with him with that, so that was nice to hear. How old That's is Quinn? 11. Not nice. true. Not true. He's been in front of cameras before. I've seen pictures of this kid. <laughs> well, there the are... first time acting in front of a camera. Whoa, whoa, okay, whoa. Okay, now see, that all He acts up in front of the camera all the time. But, so, yeah, it was a great experience. Now, I've, I've done a couple of these before, and they were fun. But to actually have Quinn involved like that really made it all the more enjoyable. What's that fun? Oh, was Hayden there, too? No. Okay. Um, we're debating whether or not to use Hayden in the next one. A lot of course, of, well, you know, in this case, I did not write the story specifically for Quinn. Okay. I came up with the story idea and said, oh, we're going to have a kid in there. Okay, Quinn will do it. Because in it, I want to make sure the story comes first. I'm not going to force it to have the kids in there. But if the story works with the kids, I'm definitely going to use them. Okay. Well, it's it's a fun it, little film, and it's yeah. neat that I, it, it's. But I gotta say though, it's you know I I saw the first season of Heroes. <laughs> no, trust me, I actually know the whole background to this. It's all in my head. Okay. And no, it wouldn't be anything like Heroes. Oh, nothing, huh? Uh, if it's all in your head, then Siler can get it out. Exactly. <laughs> all it's going to take is a little finger waving. No, no you, you'd rather deal with Siler than um, the character my son would be. You'd much rather deal with Siler. All right. Okay. So tell us about uh, what's what's this next book? Um, the next thing here is "Say Goodnight to the Bad Guy." It is a short story collection from um, May December Publishing that um, picked up one of my stories titled um, "All Things Being Equal." Um, this is the darkest story I've ever written. It is dark. The bad guy does win. Um, it goes to some really dark places. It was interesting to write, but it is included in this anthology. And I haven't gotten my contributor's copy yet, so I can't tell you how great all the other stories are. All I know is I loved mine. I thought it was really good. It's one of my few pieces that really can't be classified as science fiction or fantasy. It is, you know, pretty much direct, um, search story. And of course, no personal bias there. (laughs) Actually, I, I was kind of, I was kind of hoping you'd read it to us. 
here on the podcast. Uh, I think that would take up a bit too much of the podcast. And he probably can't It might be a now. nice special. Yeah, but he, I don't think he – I'll bet he can't now because I'll bet that the, the copyright, because it's in this book, it per, would prevent him from doing so. Is, is that is that true? Do you know what the copyright looks like? Of the contract. I know they – you know, for like a year, I can't read it or anything. Okay. I don't know if I can read an excerpt from it. I, uh, maybe an excerpt you could. Yeah, as a promotional tool, you could. We'd like you to read an, expert, an, excerpt, an excerpt here on the podcast. And we'd like you to read it in a cultivated British accent. Yeah, I, I'm not even going to try that part. <laughs> so, hey, I'm just I'm just looking at the Amazon.com link, and uh, we'll need to have you on the about more about the authors list here. Yeah, well, I haven't done much in the way of blogging and stuff on Amazon, so I don't have a page like that yet. But if you look down in the one review they have of it, the guy was mm-hmm. criticizing that um, a lot of the stories in it don't fit what he understood the premise of the book to be, but mine does. And he actually, it's a brief thing he says, but he compliments my story. So Yeah, I did that. see that, and I, was, I thought that was kind of nice to see. How much you pay him? <laughs> I didn't even know this had come out yet, so... <laughs> Translation, Ian paid him in sex. Wow. Wow. That's very liberal of you. I'm impressed. <laughs> so that's what's been going on with me. All right. So, and so, well, since we're promoting books, I thought I would promote Pendulette's book. His new book is, uh, God Know, Signs You Might Be an Atheist and Other Magical Tales. And I haven't read it yet, but, you know, he keeps talking about, you know, he went on, um, what, The View? Which is the one that has um, Ozzy's wife on there? Is that The View? I have no idea. I don't know. So he's talking about, you know, dropping his cock in a hairdryer. And and <laughs> I keep hearing, and he keeps referencing that. And uh, so I, I don't know. It's probably funny. You know, he's usually a pretty funny guy. So I, well, I purchased I, the book, but I, I haven't read it yet. I've the reviews on it. All the one-star reviews seem to come from Christians. Okay. Well, that would make sense. The first one was like, oh, my God, he uses the F word and cussing the whole time. And so, like, are you not familiar with him? Well, yeah. I, I, I'm thinking. I'm thinking these are probably Christians who haven't read the book. Probably not. Yeah, yeah they probably. That, that's a good no, point. You know, because they Amazon, don't have time to read it because they're too busy blogging about it. Yeah. <laughs> now the two star reviews were a bit more interesting because it looked like there were some atheists in there um, saying that he didn't focus enough on atheism. He barely covered it. Moved over to um, political stuff more, things like that, and they would have preferred a book with that title to be more focused on what it sounds like it's supposed to be focused on. Okay. Which you know, because generally in any of those, uh, any book I'm interested, in, the first thing I do is I look at the lower rated uh, reviews first. Because I actually find those can often be the more telling ones, especially if you can tell what the people, you know, like in this case, all, all the ones I reviewed, you could tell they were Christians. Some of them openly admitted it. Some of them, just the way they wrote it, were very much in that effect of criticizing atheism in general. So, right. you know. Well, did they make any points specifically about the book other than the F word? No, not really. So you can so, you, so you can kind of question whether or not they read it. Right. They're well, we've got a couple of people saying that the book is disjointed and unnecessarily vulgar. No, that um, can't be. There's no way to be unnecessarily vulgar. I but completely disagree. Also. I, hey, I'm quoting. <laughs> anyway, the reviews. Okay. I bought the book, and I, I am going to read the book, and when I'm done with the book, I'll give a review of it, and and, uh, and that'll be the final word. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> because no I don't have a PhD. <laughs> Well, that's great. Uh, I think I think Penn Jillette is just an absolute genius. I love hearing him talk about atheism, even politics. Even though I don't agree with him all the time, he's I don't, fairly yeah. libertarian. He's fairly, yeah, but, but he um, makes good he's points. He's brilliant. Yeah, he is. Yeah, 
if you don't, you know, he does his, uh, he has a YouTube channel, uh, Penpoint, where he mm-hmm. does, you know, his, his little things and he put, he's pretty prolific and they're usually pretty entertaining, whether you agree with him or not. Yeah. Um, well, they're worth listening to. One of the hardest things I've ever heard a Christian fundamentalist say to me is if anyone ever agrees with you 100% of the time, be afraid of him. Something's not right. No one, right. no two people should ever agree 100% of the time. So I have no problem with looking up someone who I disagree with every so often. Yeah. So. All right. So uh, I don't know what local events we have coming up. Um, uh, Kim, I was hoping that you had had something coming up. How is Ask an Atheist coming? You know, I haven't done a damn thing about it. Um, tune in next week for uh, an update <laughs> on that, and uh, maybe I'll get my shit together. How about that? Very good. That's going to be tricky okay. because we're not podcasting next week. That's okay. Uh, I'm we're... totally in the clear then. <laughs> <laughs> Back to slacking. All right. Well, the IIG <laughs> will have a meeting coming up on the 24th. Okay. So we'll be getting – and um, did we talk about te- – we did talk about my test, didn't we? Yes. Okay, we, we did cover that. Okay, well, good. All right. I, and the I, only other thing I see coming up, um, there's not a whole lot in the meetup site right now, um, but the September Humanists of Colorado is doing a movie night for The Ledge, which I've heard a lot about, but I haven't seen yet. And it's apparently, they're they're calling it an, an atheist movie, because apparently one character is unapologetically atheist, which, of course, means that's what the whole movie's about. Well, well it was written by actually, Charles Jarwin's great-great-great-great-great-grandson. I'm sorry. It was the the person who wrote it is is definitely is an out atheist, and that's the other reason that I think that that is being said. And he's promoting okay. it as an atheist movie. And the villain in the movie is a Christian, right? So, uh, it, but you know, it sounds to me like it's more complicated than that. He he's a he's a, a villain of circumstance. It kind of looks like it isn't outright evil. So it's it, so it does look interesting to me. Uh, anyway, that's I've September seen, 11th. So. From what I've seen, he's pretty sadistic um, and probably not a very nice guy. But well, yeah, you could probably say he's a villain of circumstance. Let's well, let's go watch the movie. Okay. His wife is cheating on him. Let's give him yeah. a break. All right. All so right. now we've got a book review coming up, a movie review oh, coming up. Man. This is turning into quite the uh, well future podcast. Yeah. Anyway. Well, I, I like I like talking <laughs> about the stuff that we're actually out doing. You know. Okay. And so so that's yeah. I think the local events are important. Yeah. Uh, I was at Skeptic Camp. I went to Colorado Springs for another Skeptic Camp, and there's another one coming up. I guess it's not till July, but it, there's there's a there's going to be another one in Denver in July. At least it'll be in Denver, right? Yeah. So uh, I guess there's another one coming up at some point. So I, I went up there to Skeptic Camp, and um, <clears throat> that was quite a bit of fun going up there. Now the one thing I did notice about this group, um, more than any of them, that this group was um, very focused on religion. And I found that I found it pretty interesting because really skepticism is a lot more than just about religion, and it's certainly um, a gateway. I guess you know either one can lead to the other. I suppose. Um, but it was interesting because I was out, you know, um, afterwards we were, we went drinking, and I was talking to you know some of the guys, and I, I asked them, I said, you know, what I mean, because they're all very focused on religion. I'm like, well, if you were doing, um, you know, something for Skeptic Camp, what would you do? And it was like, oh, deconversion, deconversion. I was like, really? I said, I said, did you look at the schedule? I said, how many how many things on the schedule were were about atheism? I said, or you know, or, or religion at all? And well, there there wasn't any. Really, we were really surprised about. About that, so the people who put it on, you know, it was very much, you know, a typical skeptical conference. You know, lots of different topics, 
And uh, and religion got, gets covered occasionally. There were there were really two things that I that I, for sure about religion, and one of them is Morgan Levy's. And we will put a link um, in the show notes to his um, to his video um, why we do religion. And he did his talk up there, which was pretty interesting. Now I, I've talked to some people since then, and they qu- are questioning some of his sources and some of the things that he said. So that so that there there could hopefully be more discussion. Regarding his talk coming up, um, that of the lizard Morgan Levy. Yes, correct? the lizard. Yes, the lizard. It was. It was. I don't know. It, I, I unfortunately don't have great things to say about the talk. I really enjoyed the video, but it seemed like you know the, a lot of people asked him questions, but it didn't seem like he really answered them. It was like he had some. He had something he wanted the talk to be about, and. And instead of just doing it and going that direction, he was asking for questions, but then he, he was trying to hammer the questions into this little hole that he that he was trying to you know use for his point. And I don't think it went very well. For for me it didn't. Um I, I didn't follow it very well. And I was uh sitting there with um uh, with Misty and, um, and she, and I think that she had some of the same issues and she has a degree in psychology and, uh, I think that she had some other disagreements with some of the stuff that he was saying. So hopefully she will talk to him and we'll get some more information and, and hopefully that'll become an interesting discussion and not just a bunch of people angry at each other. <laughs> um, and so, and the other one, uh, that I really enjoyed is, um, uh, um, Stuart, Stu, Stuart Robin? No, um, Anyway, he um, – speaking of Robbins, is Eric on – did I miss Eric when I put our – I didn't see him. Okay. He's not on He's not on Skype right now. Okay. Sorry. I hoping I didn't miss somebody. Uh, um, he was talking about um, why we didn't – or why why we did not not go to the moon. And it was it was pretty interesting. His, uh, um, you know, he did he went through all the evidence, you know, about all the claims that people are making about we, why we don't um, why we stopped going to the moon, um, or why we or why we didn't go to the moon in the first place. And then this week, I'm listening to the um, the Paracast, the gold standard in paranormal radio, and I'm I'm doing quotey fingers. Um, and they were talking about why we stopped going to the moon. Not that we didn't, why we, not that we didn't, uh, go to the moon, but why we stopped going to the moon. You know, on all the different conspiracy theories, you know, about how there's aliens on the dark side and they told us to get away and, and all of this. Cyber, Cybertronian ship, yeah. Right. So I sent that to him. Um, and so I'm, I'm hoping that at some point, um, Stuart will follow up. I mean, it, it's, it was a pretty nonsensical podcast. They were just throwing out all this gibberish, really. And then they, at the end, they, they're covering all the things, you know, that, that Stuart went through and debunked this weekend. So it was pretty interesting to, you know, to listen to that and go, oh, wait, I, you're missing the point about the camera. And also, it was, it was good to hear that talk and then listen to actually the conspiracy theorists and, or, you know, UFO promoters talk about, um, talk about the evidence on, from their perspective. So I, so I got both perspectives of the whole moon hoax and stuff this week. So that was fun. Cool. Yeah. So Skip the Gap, as always, was uh, entertaining and fun and I gave away plenty of placebo bands. <laughs> All right. Nice. I gave away one yesterday that that you given to me because um, my friend was complaining about numbness in his leg, and um, even though I told him it was a placebo band and it couldn't do anything for him, he insists he feels better wearing it. Awesome. That is so. That <laughs> which I think might be a nice segue into our our first yes. major conversation. Yes, to our our trip to the metaphysical fair. I wish I had music to play for this. <laughs> so yeah, so we went to the metaphysical fair on Saturday. And the first thing we did 
is we went and uh, we went to go um, learn about asshole projection, <laughs> astral projection. <laughs> been saving that one up. I've been saving it up, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna let Kim talk now, though. Kim, tell tell okay. us about the astral projection workshop. So they have, just so people know, it's a big metaphysical fair. There's people lined up against the walls doing readings of all different types and then some uh, vendors in the middle. And then they have these workshops and stuff. So we got there in time to go to the astral travel one. And um, it was a room, what do you think, maybe 25, 30 people or so in there? Seems um, about right. Yeah, and we stole in and got seats. And we were all very polite. We asked a few questions, um, but... Everybody was was nice about it, and the guy was this like total hippie dude, and um, he basically did some guided meditation that he called astral projection or astral travel, and um, you know was the his idea was that you're supposed to be able to move your body outside or move your mind soul. I, he wasn't even all that clear or consistent in, what yeah, he used. It was kind of not specific. Yeah. But, so what? It was, I mean, basically, it's putting you into a hypnotic state. Right. And so they, he has you sit down, close your eyes, and breathe. And the first thing, okay, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna start to visualize ourselves leaving our body through our crown chakra. Um, oh, well, no, first we had to ground ourselves, right? And right. he says, if you don't know what chakras are, it's okay. You can just kind of do this. He says this. I happen to know what the chakras are. So I did it, right? I I was I was I was there. I was going to have the experience. And so I you know, I visualized the corn grounding myself to the ground. I visualized myself trying to get out through my crown chakra. And that's where my problems start. <laughs> he he did try very hard. He tried to set things up and do things slowly. So first we were supposed to astral project to the back of the room, then come back. Then we astral projected to uh what I guess the, the, roof, the roof of the we building. Went to the roof. Which yeah. I have still no idea what the roof would look like. No. And then to the moon. No no then... we went to we went to um we went to flat irons next to oh, yeah. the next to the C U campus. Which right. I went, What? <laughs> yeah. Huh? And then to the moon, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. And then and then to the Cathedral of the Souls. Yes. And I I mean it really was. It was it was mostly just a bunch of silliness. But there were a lot of people who kind of really bought into it. I, I personally found it very relaxing. Yeah, you know, it it, you, it's, you spend an hour breathing deeply with your eyes closed and somebody, and he had a nice voice. It was nice. He missed the music. Woo. He but. needed, he needed music behind him. You yeah. Know, to really set the mood. Yeah. Um, but. I, you know, I was, I don't know, I was kind of, the, the first question that I asked was, cause they're talking about all these places you can go. You can go here, you can go here, and they're talking about all the different levels and yada, yada, yada. And I said, okay, well, is there any place you wouldn't want to go? And the guy says, to the bar. <laughs> and everybody's cracking up, and I'm thinking, well, why not the bar? <laughs> I like the bar. And he's like, and then, and then he gives this, well, you know, uh, you know, there's places that I knew I could go as a kid. You know, I could go and as a white kid and, you know, go uh, down to, um, uh, what is it? The, uh, Bourbon Street. The, yeah, yeah. Bourbon, Bourbon Street, Street in New Orleans. And, yeah. New Orleans. I, I've hung out on Bourbon Street. I mean, most of the time it's, it's, it's not that bad. <laughs> you know, it's, it's actually four white people. <laughs> exactly. It's four white people. Let's be fair. It's four white people. I don't think right. the real Cajuns could afford the $9 hurricanes they serve. Exactly. Them. Right. So, okay. So, it's a, and it's a, and then he gives this other, you know, experience where you know he got off the bus and um, 
and turned right around. And turned right around because <laughs> a, a gang member told him to leave. It's like, okay, well, but, you know, those are – okay, great. Little anecdotes, right? I don't know exactly what that's supposed to mean, but okay. Well, so later – This was uh, this was not while he was astral projecting then? No, this was before. We were asking questions, and I asked a few questions. I and I and Okay. Yeah, I, and I and I I played along. I, I no, I was just I was just curious to see if the if the gang member was astral projecting too. Okay, here's the here's that. Well, that was a good question because that's what Misty says. Misty says, "So can people see you when you're astral projecting?" He says, "Oh, well, I I don't know. I you know his answer was convoluted, but she says, "Well, you're telling a story about being out in Orleans. Oh no, I actually I actually did that. I was actually you know slumming it as a kid." Okay, so how you know how did how did his answer really didn't apply to my question? So, in other words, he told long rambling stories and then hypnotized you or tried yes. to. Yes, and yeah. Okay, you know what? Here's the thing: anybody can be hypnotized, and, and, and but we're only suggestible to a certain extent, right? And I would say that for the most part, the um, and you really could call it asshole projection because it was filled. The room was filled with a bunch of skeptics. <laughs> <laughs> And we, you know, and I would say that for the most part, we're not very susceptible to that kind of experience. And we went in there and we relaxed. But after the, after the, you know, the second time that he, or, you know, he, he takes us out, brings us back to our body. He takes us out, brings us back to our body. Okay. At that point I was bored. It's like, okay. It's like, okay, we still got to go to the cathedral. Okay. So we went out of our body and how we all fit in the corner of the room to look at our bodies. I don't know. And then of course, you know, by the time we get to the moon, then we're still looking down at our bodies. This is to imply that the moon was above us. Where was the moon? I don't know where the moon was. What time was this? Uh, <laughs> one o'clock. I mean, I can find out exactly where the moon was if you like. There you go. Fine. It was one. It was one o'clock. But it Saturday. wasn't above you. Well, it, probably not, right? Not unless you were. Not unless the room was somehow upside down or angled funny. But he was very specific, only to go to the light side of the moon, not the dark side. So clearly, the aliens up there could have seen our astral bodies. And, you know, you know we why? Didn't want that. You can't go to the dark side of the moon because he couldn't get the uh, couldn't get the rights to play the, play, the, music, the Pink yeah. Floyd there. So ultimately, I mean, it was it was inter- it was mostly entertaining. I, by the by the end, I was pretty bored. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, it, it comes back to the same stuff. I, I was talking about this today with a friend. You know, as guided meditation goes, you know, I think the idea of imagine yourself, use your imagination to to think about a situation differently is all great and stuff. It's It's when all this woo comes in. And he was such a perfect example of anything could fit. This was such loose cheese that you could drive a truck through and it wouldn't hurt anything because nothing connected to anything else. It was just a huge mishmash of didn't didn't he say that the Rosicrucians or something maintained the Cathedral of Souls? I'm like, No, what? no, no. That was a different place. There that was another oh. place you could go. I don't know. It was ridiculous. I mean it was chakras. It was it was, you know, your soul. It was Christianity. It was it was anything you wanted to bring into the table. He would let you set up your tinker toys any way you wanted to and it all fit and it didn't make any damn sense at all. So not unlike the past life regression. It's whatever exactly. you wanted to bring into it, whatever kind of uh whatever kind of Woo, you happen to find as your particular flavor. 
Right. Right. Yeah. right. The idea that diversity is actually just a, you know, w- nobody tells you no is, is, is really what it's all about rather than anybody believing anything in particular. Because right. again, if, you know, anybody said something that contradicted, it was like, oh no, you just have to massage it and look at it this different way and, and it all fits in and it's all kumbaya happy. Um, that, that stuff, like I said, he took what I thought was a nice experience of, you know, just relaxing, getting in touch and, calming down and, and spending some time meditatively. You know, because I, I, I had a friend ask me this. They're like, well, you're an atheist. You don't believe in meditation. I'm like, no, that's, that's I, I'm yeah. fine with meditation. I'm fine with the idea of sitting quietly and thinking. I, I've got no problem with that. I think it exists. I think people do it because they do it. I, I don't think that you're communing with God, but I think that there's definitely benefits from from meditation and stuff like that. Where I have a problem and where I had a problem with this guy was, oh, and that's, you know, that's your ghost and you have angels and you're bringing, you know, be careful when you're astrally projecting because something might be waiting in your body when you get back bullshit. That just, it goes, it goes way too far. Right. My my rant is over. Sorry. No, no, I, and <laughs> yeah, I mean that, that's and there is something to meditation. We can see that when people meditate, and that's one of the good things about Morgan Levy's uh, video is that he does show, um, you know, meditation that 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 it is activating the um the uh what is it the the front part of the brain? I, I forget what exactly it's called. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, the vortex I'm, I, or whatever. Yeah, the vortex. Yeah, I'm not cortex, sure. Cortex, not vortex. <laughs> yeah, the cerebral vortex. Uh, I think that only happens during hurricanes or drinking while hur- or drinking hurricanes. Nine dollar hurricanes. Yeah. So, uh, so that was fun. And then we we went on and we we found this. What it was kind of a maze type of deal. What was this? A labyrinth. A labyrinth. Yeah, I've seen. I, I've watched a video. I've seen stuff on that related to the crystal skull. Somehow, you walk through the labyrinth with the crystal skull. You're supposed to have proper alignment to everything. Is that what it? Okay, so well, we we all did it, and and there's a there's a very cool video <laughs> out there. It was a fun video. Yeah. So the video. Um, I, I reshared the That's, video yeah, on our. Uh, out aimlessly. Yes. Yeah. Well, so you walk through this thing. It and, wasn't aimless. You were trying to get to the center, right? And you do without breaking any lines. Well, but there's no lines. I mean, there's only one. There's only one path to the center. Ooh, <laughs> right? That's telling. Metaphor. And so when you get there, you get you get a card and you read it. Mine was something about me being extremely creative and stuff. And you put and you posted a video on YouTube. I didn't post it. Sounds... Who posted that video? Was it Rick? Well. I was going to say, sounds like a self-fulfilling prophecy to me. <laughs> well, so, I mean, it's a, so we're in the center. I'm like, we, we got to like sit down and, and, and like look like we're meditating or something. And, and, the, and, you know, we're like, well, um, well, you got to sit down in the lotus position. Can anybody here do the lotus position? I'm like, I can't do the lotus position, you know? So I sat down in the lotus position and looked like I was meditating and, you know, we got everybody behind me. And, uh, so that was fun. So those, I mean, so those pictures are up. They're all on, um, on our Facebook page. I've reshared them all there. Um, so that was fun. So, and then of course, you know, you got to come back out. So we all came back out and, and you got to, you got to follow the path back out. And so it was fun. So then we decided, um, to head on over to the tent. And you did, you, Kim, you didn't go in to see, uh, Sister Who. I, I didn't. Um, I, I, I actually was trying to do some shopping. I'm looking for a really good Celtic fan thumb ring. Still can't mm-hmm. find it. But I was doing that while you guys were in okay. the tent. Cause that just looked a little strange to me. Well, so. it looked like the one place that it was going to be like 
the most woo and the least rational of everything there, right? Mm-hmm. And so- it was it was basically a um it looked from the outside like a canvas painted to resemble like a cathedral with stained glass windows and stuff like that. And it didn't have a sign outside that says come in and and contemplate or something well, like that. A, yeah, come and sit. It's, it's come and sit down. It's it's a place to come when your heads are head is full and your feet are tired to come and rest. And so you you go in there and there's some benches and some pillows and um and and he's got this this copper pipe in the in the in the ceiling and there's this hammer and you can if you just if you feel the need you just you you, you bang it. I'm not sure why, but it was there and so we did. And uh, so we we banged the copper pipe, but we got to talking to the guy, girl. I mean, it's a guy dressed as a girl, kind of a nun thing. Yeah, right. I I, I will put I'll put a link to uh to her um to the web page. So, uh, but Sister Who, um, wow, Sister Who is uh quite uh, athletic. You know, there's pictures of uh him in 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 the in the whole in the whole get up. Um, climbing, he's been up on, on, on all these 14ers and he always wears gold hiking boots, so he sprays them gold. But it, the guy actually turned out to be really neat. Um, you know, his whole thing is just helping people on their spiritual, spiritual journey. After they, after they come to the conclusion that they're not getting the answers from church, he, he's just kind of a, a person who helps you go on from there to whatever it is. Um, you know, he, he's not dogmatic about the beliefs. He's just, it, just the discussion. So we had a good, good talk with the guy. It was a lot of fun. Um, you know, it wasn't combative. It, you know, just a sharing of ideas. He gave his, we gave ours, and, you know, and there was you no, know, nothing, nothing, nothing to prove either way. We just, you know, had this discussion and he listened to what we said. We listened to what he, what he said. And oh, wow, it was, it was, it was the best part of the whole fair was, was that tent. Nice. Yeah. And he, I don't know if he said it to you guys, I, and I don't know if he still has it, but he used to at least have public, a public access show. Um, I've seen him in that getup yeah. before on that. And I've actually, I saw him on the highway coming back from the Renfest one day too. And he's, he's in that full getup with the face paint and the nun outfit and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So that so, was fun. I, I had, I really enjoyed that. Um, so the, uh, after that, you left, you abandoned yeah, us. Yeah, I had to, I had to head out. I had other things going on that day. And so we're, we're like, okay, somebody's got to get a psychic reading. And, and we're like, well, then we were talking about who should do it. And, and then we're like, oh, well, we'll do a past life regression. It's like, Brian, you've got to get a past life regression. <laughs> I'm like, okay, let's go. Um, everybody though that does the past life regression stuff was, uh, was pretty full. And, uh, so we ended up finding the psychic for cynics. And, you know, so I got a psychic reading from the psychic for cynics. And, of course, you know, we're all, you know, we're, we're in front of him talking about our, you know, and so he, he knew, he already knew what we were up to. And the reading really reflected that. And uh, Misty recorded it. So we have a recording of that. Um, I need to listen to it, go through, see if it needs some cleanup. But I think what I want to do is go through it and, and talk about the reading. Um, it, it's interesting because I've had a lot of tarot card readings, but this is the first time that I've done it from this perspective. Um, you know, when I worked for the psychic line and I was, I really wanted to be a believer, right? I got readings and stuff like that. I got tarot, numerology, astrology, you know, whatever. Um, you know, I, I, I experienced all that stuff, but I haven't really, I haven't, since I left the psychic line and I've really become a much more rational thinker, I haven't gone back to do it. I've learned a lot about cold reading techniques. And about the tricks that they use. And boy, to see them in place, you really, I can really see what the guy's doing and I can really follow the logic of how he got to everything. 
So it was pretty interesting. Um, so uh, I think that 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 may have to be its own little thing that we put up. And I and Misty was there with me, so hopefully maybe Misty and I can sit down and go through and talk about it because she was there listening as I was doing the reading. And boy, you know, and I I, I you know I, you, you fall for it, hook, line, and sinker. You, you I can see every piece of information that I gave him, um, and I was trying to give him so little. And uh, and and even doing that, you know, the just the little bit that I gave him, he was able to really work with. Um, so he was pretty good at you know. Uh, twisting all that stuff, you know, with the situation and everything. So, it was a uh, it was an interesting experience for me, and I'm I'm really glad that I did it. And I'll probably have to do some more of them, but uh, I I have to really think about my approach next time I do it. And I, you know, because I didn't want to lie to the guy. Um, mm-hmm. And Misty is like, you should have lied. It's like, well, I, I I wanted to be fair about it, as fair as possible. Um, you know, because well, lying would invalidate the whole thing. Exactly. That's and that's how I felt about it too. But if he's psychic, wouldn't he know that I was lying? No, it would still invalidate things. Okay. Cause... Yeah, I, and I tend to, and I tend to agree with you on that. So I didn't lie. I tried to be as vague as possible and give him as little as possible. Um, but I, I didn't want to lie. So, and and at one point he finally asks asked me a question where it's like, you know, no matter how I answer this question, he's got something to go with. And if I don't answer it, he's got something to go with. So it was it was just this interesting catch that I ended up in that there was no way for me to be vague enough um, and not give him something that he could just jump on and go with. So interesting experience. I had a good time. So did you did you appreciate just because uh, I mean there's a there's an art to a cold reading. Yes. So this guy was a good artist. No, I would exactly. say I would say actually as far as some of the readings that I've had, he was um, he was one of the worst. Oh. <laughs> I mean, he was good enough, right? But he was, um, he, he's one of the, he was, you know, kind of combative with me, um, when I, when I, when I was vague and didn't want to answer questions. Okay. Uh, and so I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, he, he was, he was pretty good at cold reading. Um, it'll be interesting. Uh, uh Baxter wants to do a, a cold reading booth. And so I, I think it'd be interesting. I'd like to get a cold reading from Baxter. But of course, that's, that's difficult because he does know me, right? So it's kind mm-hmm. of a hot reading. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, so I need to get somebody else that's, that is claiming to do cold readings to do a cold reading for me. So. Yeah, so it was fun. Uh, we, you know, we, we're getting out, we're experiencing these things, and uh, I had a good time. Okay. Yeah. All right. So um, I've got a couple of things on here, but I think we will move on, um, and and we'll come back to. I, I want to talk about um, personal experiences, evidence, and the burden of proof. But let's go ahead and move on to to some uh, to some stories. I've talked enough. Um, so, Ian, do you do you want to talk about um, should evolution be allowed to vote? Because I started reading this and yeah. and. I, 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 we I can do a whole show a whole on this. Just to refute the one thing. But this and the next one, putting atheists on a national registry, both have the same mentality to it. Which okay. is one of the things I, I thought was interesting and why I kind of linked these two together. Okay. So, okay, both. I, I, oh, what what do ahead. you want to talk about? Do you, do you want to talk about the registry or do you want to, are you going to talk about it in, in conjunction? Because I read the first page of this thing and was so mad and, and they, they got um, so they, many they were, things wrong. Yeah. And so since then, some of the stuff we've, um, co- I mean, at this last Skeptic Camp um, in Boulder, we talked about some of this and how they often use um, the laws of thermodynamics inaccurately. Yes. And we saw that right here because once more they assumed that we are okay. a closed system. If, if you want to talk about this, let's go back to the beginning and tell me about it. If the, if the, okay. If, and then we'll um, do the registry too. And it's a couple years old, but this is um, the Creation Science Association for Mid-America newsletter um, from July to August of 2008. And the whole thing um, is an argument um, about how evolutionists should not be allowed to vote. 
it goes into a lot of the mean stuff we've seen about weak arguments um, against evolution, including the, thermo- the law of thermodynamics, which has been misused so many times because it, um, the basic um, second law applies to a, a closed system, and we're not a closed system. Right. Um, well, it's interesting, too, because... I was going to say he's tarring tar atheists with the same brush as a lot of very unpleasant things, and we could turn around and tar him with the same brush as the Spanish Inquisition. I yeah, don't think well, he'd appreciate that. Well, but here's the thing. is that Oh, that's an interesting point of what they're doing here in this article is that the, the first thing they started doing is – They're poisoning like, the well. They're poisoning the well. That's exactly right. And, and, they, and, and they bring up all these things, you know, and they, they love – I don't know why – how this gets propagated, but like – um. You know, the Nazi Germany. I'm sorry, Hitler was a Christian, and they like to use the, you know, um, the no true Scotsman fallacy. Well, he wasn't a true Christian. Well, but he was, he was, he claimed to be Christian. The Nazis were mostly, mostly Catholics. Yes. And I forget what the religion was. Um, the party itself was strong, strong believers. Um, he used the Catholic Church strongly to support him and to defend what he was saying. He did have some issues with the Catholic Church in and of itself, but that was more or less a control thing, because obviously someone like Hitler wouldn't want to give up control, but there's nothing at all to support that Hitler was a uh, um, atheist. Right. And the other No, thing and is- his arguments were not really based so much on evolution as they were based on the yeah, philosophical philosophical musings of Nietzsche. And in fact, the idea of a master race doesn't fit with evolution. If you study the ideas of evolution, a master race actually almost goes against the ideas of evolution because that would be um, taking the genetic code and starting to weed out differences and make it into this um, specific same thing, saying this is a perfect human. Evolution That's doesn't, a good point. Doesn't, you know, yeah. Evolution doesn't have anything like that in it. Right. Survival of the fittest is so misunderstood because survival of the fittest says there's going to be a wide variety so that when a catastrophe happens, Within that wide variety, those who are best suited to survive the wide variety, the, the, the best suited to survive the catastrophe, are going to survive it. Well, and this comes back to the whole misconception that this is happening by chance, and it's not. It's not chance. It's adaptations, and the adaptations that work the best are the ones that are the ones that propagate. But they they miss that point entirely. Actually, they don't miss it. They 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 purposely abuse it. The other thing is that to go back to this first point, you know, where he's you know saying that all these you know all these atheists killed all these people. Even if that was true, and that all these people were atheists, they weren't doing it in the name of atheism. In the first words, evolutionists. They right. Don't say atheists. Okay. Right. But they didn't do these things in the name of evolution or in the name of or they. None of them were done for those reasons. Whereas you can look at um, the Spanish Inquisition and and some of these other atrocities that were perpetrated by the church in the name of their god. Yes, indeed. I mean, halfway through. It's right. And, but, I mean, you can go back to the 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 First Testament, and you can look at you know um, the city of Jericho that Joshua struck down in the name of his God, which archaeology but, refutes. But that's okay. <laughs> right. So in the end, here's here's where the argument comes down to, and uh, this is straight from the um, thing. Should evolutionists be allowed to vote? One, they do not and cannot know the purpose for man. In fact, all of them believe man has no purpose. Uh, I'm not quite sure where that idea yeah, comes I, from. I, well, they, it's because we don't we haven't been given a purpose by God, and they have. But not 
But the Bible doesn't actually say man has a purpose. If anything, the only purpose of man, according to the Bible, is God's entertainment. Well, okay, exactly. Well, that's still purpose. <laughs> so it's quite also an excellent point. It's quite interesting to try and claim the Bible gives us more purpose than evolution. It doesn't. The Bible doesn't say we really have a purpose outside of God. It said, hey, I want to see a bunch of people dancing around. Okay, um... So the second part. Therefore, they cannot make an in, they cannot make informed judgments about how men should behave towards each other, or what would be good or bad for any group of men to do or not do. You see, and I would refute that. And this this is you know comes down to an issue of morals, and we can look at the trolley problem, and we can look at a couple of different things. But ultimately, I think evolution does solve this um, because we learn to live in groups. We have group think, and groups decide what those they they determine the the answers to those questions. As groups. Right. Well, what, what makes you function better as a group? I mean, you can't go around killing each other because you can't, you know, that's not going to help you get anywhere. You can't go around stealing from each other because once more, that doesn't get you anywhere. There are certain rules that just make sense for a civilization to have in order to build and progress and right. go any. And if you have one person that's not acting appropriately in the group, you kick that person out and they, you know, and they're on their own and the group is better for it. Right. Or, or maybe not if they had a certain skill that we needed. True. But, he was the guy they, who made fire. That's and, certain, you know, that, that's what, this is saying good and bad. It doesn't give any areas of gray. And I think that with um, atheists and evolutionists, we probably understand the gray area much better. You know, we see that there are areas of gray. You can't define everything as good and everything as bad, which is what this guy suggests everything should be classified as, which to me actually is the kind of thing that hurt society is by having such well-defined lines. All this is good, all this is bad. Actually, that's weaker for society. And you know, I, I, we could take that and turn around and make a point saying, actually, this is the reason why Christians probably shouldn't be allowed to vote. It's because <laughs> we have such defined right. lines. And, that's and an because they point. are extremists. Right. But yeah. nobody's, I, I'm viewpoint. not saying anybody shouldn't be allowed to vote. This right. is the thing that kills me. It's like, wait a second. You want to you want to say that these people shouldn't be allowed to vote? Well, we can come up with the same things and say you shouldn't be allowed to vote. Voting has nothing to do with with these kinds of opinions. Right. It has to do with everything, with the fact that we were born in this country. Yep, and, okay, and that's so the criteria. Well, I mean, it's just a, the, this idea. I mean, we've never put criteria on who's allowed to vote. Well, okay, I take that back. We have. <laughs> we've and we've gotten past it, right? Women weren't allowed to vote. Black men weren't allowed to vote. We've gotten past a lot of, uh, um, of those issues, right? As a society, the Bible didn't well, do anything about it because, as far as the Bible's concerned, we were in the right to begin with. There's a conservative movement right now trying to claim that the poor shouldn't be allowed to vote, which is a bit scary as well. So onwards. Well, I don't. Uh, I don't think point. primates should be allowed to vote. <laughs> <laughs> Third point, thus they have no sane foundation upon which to base laws or um, rationale for insisting that other men obey the laws, although we discovered all that. Yeah, see, see my answer to the last question. Right. Yeah. Uh, next, thus the religion they profess to believe renders them incapable of participating in any discussion about what men ought to do. What but religion? But that is the purpose of all law. What religion? So this, yeah, well, what well, that's religion? what I want to know. What religion? Yeah, and, and then basically our ideas say we can't actually have a dis- – we're not um, capable of having a good discussion about what is right and wrong for people to be doing. Okay, <laughs> you know, it's really going out there. And then the final point is, therefore, in a sane society, evolutionists should not be allowed to vote or influence laws or people in any way. They should perhaps make bricks to earn enough to eat. <laughs> wow. Lovely. Yeah, and you know, 
it, it's such a weak argument, and but there's a lot of words in this. It's a huge thing, which is probably what he thinks impresses everyone. It is wordy. How how astute of you to notice? Yeah, and you know this is near the end. What I just read. This is his conclusion about his arguments. So uh, read it. We might bring this back up as Brian said. This is something we could probably do a whole podcast on going point by point to you dissect this thing. If if we were, <laughs> we're not an atheist podcast, I mean we we, we are a um, majority atheist here, but but I, I don't know that we need to do this on this podcast. <laughs> it's not our main focus. No, but the main thing is the arguments. The way they're arguing. Um, this and the next thing we're going to cover both have a similar level of arguments to them. Okay, so let's and, let, let's go ahead and talk about the atheist registry. Oh, I, actually, I want to give uh, props out to David Vorkin. Um, but both should have loosened to be allowed vote and the putting atheist on a national registry were links I found on his Facebook page. He is a local author. I always see him at Mile High Con. He's actually quite interesting to talk to, and um, he definitely has some interesting stuff on his Facebook page. So I, I recommend. Oh, check him. Oh, and I was just gonna say the other thing that we that we're gonna link to um, on this is the first law of thermodynamics, and I'm linking to the Khan Academy, which is just an awesome site. It's all about math and science, and you know, for us, we're, we're um, we've got our kids using it so that we can track their math and stuff like that. It, it's pretty neat. It's designed for um, classrooms, um, so the Khan Academy is really cool. Um, and he has a good video on the first law of thermodynamics that he goes through. And of course, if you don't understand the first law, that's okay because he has all the videos leading up to it that will help you to understand the first law of thermodynamics. And so you can do the whole physics course if you'd like. Uh, so that's pretty neat, and so we'll be linking to that as well. And uh, I love that. I saw that guy on uh, either The Daily Show or Colbert Report. It's, yeah, you he's should, got some really great stuff out there. Everybody should go listen to his TED Talk. Um, he he is awesome. Okay. All right. So putting atheists on national registry um, started as a blog written by a pastor, Mike. Apparently, he wrote it a few years ago, and then it recently got republished. About a year ago. Yeah, when it got thrown back up, it recently got a lot of attention. People found it and started reading it. Um, basically, he presents the idea that atheists should be on national registry, the same kind of national registry for sex offenders, ex-convicts, convicts, terrorist cells, hate groups like the KKK, skinhead, radical is- Islams, and etc. Right. So we have all the, we've already got a whole bunch of registries for Christians. So now we should have one for atheists too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was okay. Uh, that was that was bad and wrong and. I'm sorry. Uh, the basic idea is, hey, let's loop, group all atheists together with sex offenders and terrorists and hate groups. I mean, yeah, this guy's very open-minded. You can tell right off the bat. <laughs> Apparently, we are, you know, at, that bad that we're, we're that dangerous. Okay, but I like the nonprofits' take on this. They're like, this is not such a bad idea as long as it's a volunteer registry. That way, other atheists can find each other. That would be amazing to be able to find a house and, you know, like have like a Zillow graph <laughs> right. come up and they're like, there's a red area where basically everybody in this neighborhood is an atheist. I would so move there. <laughs> exactly, right? So, so in some ways, this is not a terrible idea. Well, as uh, long as it's voluntary. Problem, um, he even admits to her. Now, the, that battle on the first part, you know, linking us with, right off the bat, let's link atheists with sex offenders, convicts, stuff like that. 
is the exact same kind of argument the last one did, where Rathbat linked evolutionists to the Nazis and all these other war criminals and such. You know, in both of these, well, the first thing they do is ignore the real facts about the group they're talking about, and jump and say, hey, let's link these guys to so- a lot of negative stuff, so that our point right off the bat is how horrible they are. Poisoning the well, right. Poisoning the well, you know, right away. I, I actually, for this guy, Pastor Mike Stahl, my my understanding from what I've been looking at on him today is it looks like he's been catching flack from both Christian groups and from atheists. And I kind of feel bad for the guy at this point because I think the thing was probably intended tongue-in-cheek. You know, it poorly executed, but I think it was probably intended tongue-in-cheek. And I think he got a lot more flack for it when it came out again than he was planning or anticipating and as a result, he's taken his his blog and his Facebook page private. You know, I think ultimately the idea was that you know here here's a group of people that we can go minister to, or or we or we cannot support their businesses. And you know, and there's really in a lot of ways nothing wrong with that. I mean, there's nothing wrong with supporting the you know the the, the people like you that you want to support. So if you're a Christian, making sure that you buy from Christians. It's like buy American because we're Americans. You know, so I don't have a huge problem with that piece of it either. But I don't think it's tongue in cheek. I think it was he might believe it to be a joke, but it's a very insulting joke. You know, I, I mean he he's right off the bat is linking atheists to sex offenders. Well as I said, poorly executed. If he thinks it's a joke, yeah. it's a very, very unfunny joke. It's a very poorly done joke. It's a very insulting joke. Um, he, he might find it funny, but if he finds this funny, that says a lot about him. Well, because now, the what, thing, what's the next step? The next step is to have um, a, a registry for um, for gays and lesbians. They'd love that, yeah. right? It, isn't it this? Well, but it's the same. It's the same kind of. Sli- it's. I mean, it's a slippery slope. But is not. Is it not the same thing? It is the right. same thing. Uh, we stepped on Kim. Hold on. Hold on. Here. We stepped on Kim. No, no, I, I think okay. it's the same thing too. Okay, okay, good. Right. <laughs> a couple of the links that I, a couple of the links that I located here also made the point that if you are putting up pictures of a group and you are putting up contact information for a group, you're targeting that group for violence by people yeah. who don't like that. Group. Well, that's right. that's one thing right off the bat that when I read this, like, no, the reason you don't do that is because. Um, the, well, it'd be discrimination left and right. I mean, if you go, if I went in to apply for a job and the person um, was a strong Christian and he looks up and says, oh, this guy's an atheist, he doesn't have to tell me that he found out he's an atheist and that's why he's not hiring me. So the, the, the whole idea of this is it would create discrimination left and right. There's yep. no doubt about it. But now the interesting thing I find is he admits the main reason he wants to do this is so that he can um, stalk and harass atheists. He says right there, um, perhaps we may actually know some, in which case we could begin to witness to them and warn them of the dangers of atheism. He's saying straight out, he wants to know the atheists so he can go and harass them. It's like, okay. Yeah. Well, he wants yeah, to I, proselytize. I he wants to proselytize. Yeah. You know, um, it's ironic, too, that he wants atheists to be made public, and he's now made his web presence private. Yep. Well, one of the links we have on here even talks about that. How it, it seems very interesting. He's talking about how atheists should just put themselves out there, and now he's pulled himself down into a little corner hiding. Because well, shortly after this, yeah. after I've got these links, it seems like he hit his Facebook page, he's hit the blog, he's really going into hiding suddenly. Well, it's and like after apparently um, he got some feedback, and he's actually sending a list. He's he's offered to send lists. Of all the atheists that have emailed him to any Christians that want the list. Really? If you, yeah. 
Well, that's okay. A couple of the links that I have there have his contact information. Yeah. <laughs> well, so so we can get the list. We should we should get the list. That but the other thing he says, you know, he says, well, I don't see why atheists would have a problem with this unless they want to stay in the closet. Well, clearly you don't understand why people would want to stay in the closet, but he might now. <laughs> he might just. But so we have several links here on different um, takes on what it is talking about. Um, you know what's been going on with it all. One that even say, says, "Email him with your honest thoughts, but don't threaten him. You know, make it make it quite clear. Any any atheist out there, don't you know? Don't make the mistake of going over the line. Be polite, be respectful. Email him, say, hey, listen, you're wrong, and this is why. This is a poorly thought out idea. You know, if if you need to contact him, do it that way. I I, I think that's actually great. Flood him with polite messages." Now, of don't course, if you do don't it, stoop to his level. Right. Of course, if you do it now, you will be on his list that he will mail out to anyone who can prove they're Christian and wants the list. And I guess basically he's trying to encourage the Christians to harass atheists. That, that's the only point I can see this. Like, listen, here's the list of the people you should go after, criticize, and attack so that they will come to our side. Because if we treat people like crap and show them just how shitty we can be towards people that don't follow our beliefs, they'll come to follow them in the end, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Kim, do you want to talk about the year of living biblically for womanhood? I can. I did not do quite as much research into this as I'd like, but That's I okay. found this article on Slate um, originally, and um, it's apparently the, – the story is this, this woman um, named Rachel Held Evans, and um, she's a, apparently a very devout Christian who has been spending about the last 12 months, it sounds from her blog that she's almost done with it, trying to live biblically. So, um, and, and she's focusing on the rules that the Bible states for women. So right. um, the whole idea of when you're menstruating, you need to be removed from society um, and all sorts of other stuff. What's interesting about it, there's a lot of stuff that's, I think, really interesting about it. One, she seems to be a very intelligent woman. She she writes very well and um, expresses herself very well. And, of course, I'm not much in agreement of this. I think no one's going to be really surprised at me saying that. But um, I got to admire somebody, you know, sticking to their guns and doing it. Also, the idea that trying to live by the Bible, which 90% apparently of the American country says they do, when someone actually does it, it's newsworthy because nobody actually does it. Right. So I thought that was well, interesting. Didn't they say somewhere – she said that she got pushback from people in her church that were asking her why she would want to do that? Right, and that was that was the next thing is, yeah, most people who are arguing with her are fellow Christians. Um, right. One, they think that she's doing it satirically, which apparently it has been done before. Many you know, times um, it's been done satirically, yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because again, you know, as we've talked about before, you can cherry pick that thing all you want. And I'd um, say that I, I suspect she's still doing some cherry picking. I haven't looked at it, you know. Well, how, how many people has she stoned to death so far? Well, you know, that's but she, she, okay. she's a woman. She would only be stoned to death. I don't think right, women, women get to stone yeah, they, anyone. They, to and death. they're not and even don't. most of the time allowed to be at the stonings. You know, they have to wear fake beards and stuff to get in <laughs> but uh yeah I, I again i haven't gone through all of it i'm sure she's cherry picking some of it but um yeah but a lot of a lot of christians apparently are having a big problem with the idea of her 
doing this because I think it's that same kind of notion we've talked about before. If you actually read that book, it's probably the best way to get away from it. Right. You know, if you actually find out what's in there or if somebody points out that, um, you know, it, it literally says if you're menstruating, you need to remove yourself from society. Right. And 21st she, century America is going to be like, oh, hell no, right. I'm not doing that. My understanding is she put a oh, tent in she, her backyard and she stayed in the tent while she was menstruating and mm-hmm. she didn't go to church while she was menstruating and she didn't, you know, she didn't have sex with her husband while she was menstruating. So she, so, but I mean, I guess she's cherry picking right from the start because she's only doing the things that, that are specifically said, these are what women have to do, not necessarily well, general. That is true. Here. And she copped Hold on a second. Yeah, she did. Here, absolutely. These are things that women have to do. Well, it, she's a woman. But, but to Brian's point, she's not, you know, doing the, the Bible encompasses a whole bunch of crazy ass rules. She is focusing on following the crazy ass rules directed at women. Right. So you're right. right. I mean, if you were to do all of them, it would be even harder to do. Like she's having well, a hard time. Well, she's not forcing her, she's not forcing her family to follow the rest of the rules. No. Crazy ass though they may be. So she's doing the rules that apply to her. She's living well, biblically as she wants to do. She's a, well, so, she is avoiding it, a bunch of other rules that still apply to her. Ah, okay. It's not up to her to force the rules on her family. It's up to her husband to do that. Right. Yeah. Well, by by default, he's he's subject to these rules now. Right. So but I mean, just again, just interesting. Uh, plus, there's a there's a an end point to this. You know, she's already saying, "Hey, after 12 months, I'm not doing this crap anymore." Yeah, I'm done. Right. Again, very interesting. Yeah, I I, I think um, it's interesting that she that, yeah. that she chose to do this. The other thing is, you know, um, I, I don't know where this is not a bad thing for her to do, even if she's cherry picking. I mean, I think I think it's really interesting. It'll be interesting to hear about her experiences actually doing it, actually trying mm-hmm. to live by these things. And I, I, because I'll, I would imagine that she faltered, and and it'll be interesting to see where she faltered and what what things she couldn't accomplish. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe she was able to do them all. Um, I'm I would be skeptical of that. Yeah, I don't oh, think she's been able to do them all. Yeah. Um, at in any kind of way, but um, yeah, I do. I think it's I think there's some really interesting stuff. And again, just um, just trying to 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 see people doing this. And like you say, I, I don't think she's doing it satirically. Like if I were to try to do this i would go completely overblown on every single one of the rules and make right. a joke out of the whole thing you would be doing it satirically right yeah yeah i would yeah um so she, i think it's yeah. interesting that that she's trying to do it in a very serious way and again the the fact that she she owns it you know she she does like cop to the fact that she's got a cherry picket mm-hmm. that it is almost impossible to do this word for word um and she also from what i saw the description she doesn't consider herself a, a literalist so but she's she, not one of those people who thinks that it's, um, you know, word for word what you have to believe. So I don't think right. it'd be interesting too to see if her faith is shaken at the end of this. Well, and she you know, is, but she is an evangelical, right? I mean, she is coming at she this is as an evangelical, yeah. but yet she's mm-hmm. not taking it literally. And so I, I guess I have some, uh, I don't know where the lines are crossed there. I thought that most of the evangelicals were biblical literalists. And I, so I guess that's not true. I don't think so. I think okay. again, this all comes down to, it's a it's a whole mix of characteristics and you probably won't even find two people living in the same house that follow absolutely everything the same you know um i think there are definitely evangelicals who are evolutionists i think there's evangelicals who you know have uh, have that biblical liter you know the um literal word of god and then other people who are just like no it's you know a lot more malleable than that i think everybody the people are all across the board yeah I think that, you can that's find true. them all 
That's interesting. Okay. Well, yeah. This was in, my my wife has been telling me about this, and uh, so it was interesting that you put it in here. So yeah, I was. I, I just thought it would, I, and I wanted to do a lot more research. I just, I, I just was. Uh, she, she's a very prolific writer. She writes a lot about things, and I don't quite have the attention span to hear that much about religion all in a row. <laughs> sure. <laughs> You know, I got to go with Kim on this though, which is that I I I salute her for for picking this and sticking to it. Oh no, I do too. I I, I would not want I want to say that. I just I I I'm, I'll be in more interested in the end results. Mm-hmm. Right. And of course, there'll be a book coming out from here, and I'm sure she's also she does speaking arrangements and stuff like that. So this is business. Mm-hmm. You know, this Except is this when is she's not. Right, well, then she yeah. wouldn't be able to, <laughs> and not on sa- the Sabbath or I don't know. Um, but you know, it, it is a business, and um, you can be a little cynical about that. But here's here's somebody walking the walk, you know, for their dollar. I, I, I'll give her props for that. All right, okay. Mac. Did, Mac, did you have a story? Uh no, I put in some stuff about. I put in some extra stuff in there about uh, about uh, Pastor Mike. But I didn't have something of my own this week. All right. Uh, we could do one more story. Ian, what, what do you want to do? It looked like here? there was plenty in there already. Yeah. Choose a story, Ian. You got like three more in here. Jersey First Amendment case. All right. Government boundaries. This was a good one that actually um, had a good balance to it. So um, the, the articles on the American Atheist website, a New Jersey First Amendment case test government boundaries. Uh, the First Amendment seems straightforward. Uh, the, the, the battle is brewing. Uh, goes hard first. I'm trying to remember the whole thing. Sorry, it's been a few weeks since I've actually read it all the way through. Um, okay. The law, the, the, basically a Mr. A guy who lives in New Jersey, um, had to remove his lit cross from his tree because of, um, according to the law, um, you're not allowed to post or, okay. The audience pr- prohibits ordinance, sorry. The city ordinance prohibits postings of structures and trees that are calculated to attract the attention of the public. Very vague. They even go into this. So this one man was told he had to remove his lint cross from the tree because of that. So he went and put a bigger cross on the tree, and he was told to remove it again. Well, he was um, ad- he was advised to move advised, it. <laughs> yes. And um, the, now the argument is, well, he wasn't really doing anything different from, it goes down to examples. Does the law ex- include Christmas lights, jack-o'-lanterns, garden gnomes, and other yard paraphernalia that homeowners use to, in their yards for aesthetic reasons? And you know, uh, now just, I've got to I've got to take issue with that. There is nothing aesthetic about lawn gnomes. <laughs> <laughs> so this is an, on an atheist site, mind, but it's actually defending this man's right to put up crosses in his yard. I, I love the fact that was one of the things that really attracted me to this yeah. article. The, the article ends saying, "No, he has every right to do that. It's his yard, and it's no different from so much the other decorations that are out there. There's nothing wrong with him doing that." And you, you know, to, to find something like this on atheist website, I think speaks a lot about the underlying beliefs we have, and this we do respect other people's rights to express themselves. And so, to me, this article was a great example of that. That's why I put it in here and wanted to talk about it. Now is, you know, the, our, our first amendment rights. I'm all for them having the right to express themselves as needed. I just don't want them pushing their expressions into me. Yeah. Well, now they're saying that his cross was in the part of the city that's reserved for right of way. It was in the part of the. It was. It was like within ten feet of the sidewalk, and so maybe they have right. something legitimate there. But no, I still think that the guy should be able to put his 
he should be able to put his stuff up there and put it where he put it where he wants it in his yard. Yeah, ten, ten, yeah. I understand if it was right out the sidewalk, getting in people's way, but ten feet out of the sidewalk is not that obtrusive. It's not you know if, if he decorated a tree in his yard with the cross, that's not causing any problem. So, right. and again, it, as long as it's consistent, if if nobody can put anything within ten feet, okay, that seems like a silly rule well, I, to me. But as long as it's held across right. the board, that's one thing. But you can't, to your point, say this guy can't have his cross. And and you know, by the same token, we've got the ability to walk past his house and think that guy's a jackass, and he's still allowed to do it as long as we don't get in his way from doing it. Mm. It's it's all good, right? Just, but just the same way that if we've got the big red A in our yard at the same distance and following the same rules, and he could think those people are a bunch of jackasses, hey, as long as we're allowed to do it, you go ahead and think what you think, and I'll think what I think, and we're all fine. Now, I yeah. guess my my concern here is, did I understand correctly that this cross is actually made out of lint? Because there are much better materials to make that out of. Oh. <laughs> But I'm bum. That was a fabulous oh. sigh. <laughs> yeah, I wonder how much fun they'd have with my um, Halloween setup because that definitely it, um, parts of it are definitely less than ten feet from the sidewalk, and there's no doubt that I'd put it up to attract attention. <laughs> you think? So, so luckily, we, as far as I know, there's no laws like that in my neighborhood. But I'd have a hard time come Halloween season if that law was here. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I, I say the similar stuff. I mean, I, I think you're absolutely right. The American atheist supporting a guy having a cross on his lawn is great. Um, and I, you know, I have the same kind of thing sometimes with the ACLU. Like every once in a while, you know, for the most part, I'm a total supporter. Love the fact that they're looking out for people's rights, and then they wind up having to defend something that I disagree with. Yeah. But on the grounds that on grounds that I do agree with, you know, and it and it comes back to that whole what the First Amendment's really about, right? You know, I'll I'll fight to the death for the right for you to say whatever you want, even and if I don't want to agree about with you. Freedom of speech, freedom of expression. Part of it is showing respect to others for the exact same rights. Right. You know, you, I don't deserve the right to freedom of speech if I'm going to tell other people they don't have that right as well. Right. Exactly. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. There's one more thing I wanted to cover. Okay, um, but you better let us end on a happy note because this is a good one. It, it, we, <laughs> we, I, 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 I promise it'll be a happy note. Okay, go ahead. Um, at uh, this year at um, uh, Skeptic Camp, um, uh, the Rocky Mountain Paranormal Society. Our friends Brian and Baxter um, did an investigation um, of another paranormal group called True Paranormal, and they were um, and and their activities at the Evergreen C- uh, Cemetery. I'm sorry, Brian. Real quick, was it true or pure? Pure paranormal. I'm sorry, pure paranormal. Yes. And um, and so they um, and so since Brian and uh, Baxter did this, you know, of course they they. Uh, Got him kicked out of the cemetery for um, for some of their activities. Um, Agent of Doubt, who I met when I went up to um, uh, in Colorado Springs, and as actually he he put a, a link to us uh, off of his website, and of course we'll be doing the same. Um, he he recorded the whole um, the whole thing, and he put it out on his YouTube page. True Paranormal had it removed for copyright infringement. 
which of course there was no copyright infringement and agent of doubt that um Michael Chieftain he um he actually has dealt with this quite a bit and, and knows quite a bit about it so so um that that's an ongoing thing um he has I'm linking to his website that has the video on there so you can go and watch the video from Skeptic Camp in fact if you go on agent of doubt's YouTube page you can watch a lot of the stuff anything that he was at at Skeptic Camp he recorded um Dr. Levy's presentation and a few others um so you can go and actually watch some of those videos they are up on his channel but this one has been banned from youtube so of course he's hosting it on his site and we'll be we'll be linking to that and so you can go and watch it um and so the the fight between uh the rocky mountain paranormal society and true paranormal is uh is looks like just getting going um but they were doing a lot of things that were very unethical um you know they, they were tampering with the graves the way that they were knocking on the mausoleum doors and stuff like that was was pretty bad um so definitely go and uh um watch the video and uh and last year me and my family took a ghost tour of boulder it was actually quite fun and um they got to the graveyard and they were talking about how there's an interesting perspective about ghosts um they, they had apparently a psychic had gone to the graveyard or they, they had talked to a psychic about graveyards and they said no graveyards are not a good place to because ghosts don't reside where the body's buried. They reside in a place that actually has meaning to them. So um, according to this one psychic, you shouldn't be able to find any ghosts in a graveyard. So going to the graveyard is just cheap thrills? Yep. That's what uh, this one And psychic. acting up on video. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so, so. And that's interesting in perspective-wise. You know, you have this ghost hunter group who say, oh, let's go to the graveyard and find ghosts. But you have the other people say, well, actually, um, you're not going to find any because if there's going to be ghosts, they're going to reside in some place meaningful, which actually almost makes more sense to why houses and stuff would be haunted. Yeah. So Not a lot of houses have bodies buried in them. <laughs> there you go. So anyway, so that's going on. And actually, um, uh, Michael Chieftain, uh, Agent of Doubt, is on Warning Radio this evening. And so I guess – and of course, they record at the same time that we do. And they're not good about putting stuff up in their archive. So uh, it, so if they – hopefully, they will put it up on the archive and you go to the Warning Radio archive and, and listen to um, to what's going on with that. It should be fairly interesting. So, Of course, by the time this gets out, you know, that they won't be recording anymore. <laughs> It'll be over because they record at the same time we do. All right. Is there anything else this evening? I think we've I think we've done pretty well to, what, what tonight. What do you think? Sound quality? Huh? Better Sound quality was good. Oh, we struggled last week, didn't we? Yeah. We did. I knew what was going on. Yeah, I had to cut some stuff because it just it was unaudible. So, all right. If uh, if there's not anything else, let's get out of here. All right. Good night, everybody. Take care, people. All right. Good night. Thank you for listening to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast. For more information about the Amateur Skeptics, go to AmateurSkeptics.com. To send us feedback, suggestions, or big flaming insults, feel free to contact us at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. Other contact information can be found on our website. You can leave a voicemail for the Amateur Skeptics podcast at 720-295-7785. Music for this podcast was provided by OFM. To find out more about OFM, go to myspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons No Derivatives 3.5 license. Thank you for listening to the Amateur Skeptics podcast. Amateur Skeptics website, Facebook, and podcast album art is provided by and copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraiture. Larger prints or custom pieces are available upon request. 